Campolo, uh, ladies and gentlemen, coming up uh, at the top of the hour. Uh, my partner uh, last night, as far as election uh, coverage uh, is concerned, Tom Schiller, you know him well. Uh, from uh, 12 to 2, you hear Tom every uh, day on LA News Radio. Great guest, great uh, insight and everything else. Uh, and he's nice enough to give us a couple of minutes. I probably woke him up because we only got to bed about six hours ago, I'm sure. Uh, like me. <laughs> so we welcome uh, Tom to the airwaves. Um, long night. You know, you wake up this morning, you kind of scratch your head. If you're looking for that so-called red wave, Tom, uh, it was not to be seen. You know, it surprised everybody from Maine to California, Alaska, and Hawaii. It, it just goes to show you that the two-party system is alive and well. Many people thought that the Democrats were upset or upset with the inflation, the economy, the crime problems. The issues were there right for the Republican Party. Um, and that's not to say that the Republicans didn't do well last night. They certainly did. But that um, red tsunami uh, that they were talking about just did, just did not materialize. You had the uh, uh, Democrats took over Massachusetts, the governor's race there. Uh, we had thought, very hopeful for favorite son, Lee Zeldin, coming out of Suffolk County. We had thought there was a chance. Many of us were feeling good about that. Uh, a possible change did not occur. Uh, the uh, House of Representatives is still being decided, I believe, from what I saw this morning, uh, 20 to 25 seats. So uh, Kevin McCarthy will be the next speaker if they so choose that. Uh, but I believe the House will go. But it could possibly be a 50-50 U.S. Senate, another surprise. So the two-party system is alive and well in the United States of America, Jay. No question. 63 seats uh, still to go. There's no question the Republicans are going to get the House. They're 18 seats shy of the majority. Could go either way in the Senate. As you say, still four seats up in the air, 48-48. Don't forget the tiebreaker, Kamala. Um, Fetterman gets it over Oz, Tom. J.D. Vance gets it over Ryan. Uh, that was a big one in Ohio. Warnick, about a 1% lead over Ursula Walker there. Uh, you know, some of the battlegrounds we spoke about last night, Mark Kelly, six-point lead, give or take, over Blake Masters. That's in Arizona. That's about 63% of the vote uh, in 72% Nevada. Adam Laxalt's up roughly uh, by 20,000 or so votes. Ron Johnson, slim lead there in Wisconsin. You know, some of the keys, Kemp wins by 3 million over Stacey Abrams. You know, the back and forth we saw uh, last night. But I'll tell you, I thought what set the tone last night was Ron DeSantis. And I said this a couple of minutes ago. I don't know if you heard it, but, you know, that that really sets the tone for 2024 for me, at least. You know, because that was a huge win. And no poll had it. No poll had it right. I mean, he annihilated Charlie Crist by 19 points. Annihilated him. Yes. And we talked, you and I spoke about yeah. Miami Dade County. Strong blue, 20 years we haven't seen a Republican do this. DeSantis, yeah. not only DeSantis, Rubio did it too over uh, Val Demings. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Well, you know, pe- people looked at the state of Florida, the people that live in the state of Florida, they all come from somewhere else. And we know that. They come from New Jersey. They, a big portion come from New York. They, they see what's happening here, the tax structure here, the crime problems. They move to a state like Florida 
and they don't have a state income tax down there. Uh, they rely heavily on tourism, which widens that tax base. So it alleviates the problems of, of the uh, of the tax burden upon the average citizen. So they're down there. Their property taxes are abysmally low, and I say that abysmally in a very positive sense. And it makes people very happy when you, you're up here and in uh, Nassau and Suffolk County, you're paying twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars a year in property taxes. And then you have a governor that talks directly to the people. Uh, he likes the police. He wants education to be taught in schools and not some far-left political agenda, and he doesn't have a problem saying that. So he wins with epic numbers in a state that used to be purple, and it's no longer that. So, you know, a lot of people, I got calls this morning, Jay, a lot of people saying maybe, just maybe, Ron DeSantis should be the standard bearer in the Republican Party come two years from now, Jay. And then you know in the next two years, you're on your show and on my show, we're already going to start the dialogue when it comes to that. Donald Trump is going to announce next week, by all intents and purposes, people think he has the votes for the Republican nomination. But people are fearful that another Trump run, and I don't mean to say this to people that I know love Donald Trump, and he certainly is somebody that is revered by a segment of our population, that if he runs again, he could possibly lose again. And uh, whether we could afford that right now is is another story. So uh, yesterday told a big, big story for not just yesterday, but uh, for the next two years. Egos could get in the way here. Um, and I, listen, I've said this all along. If you want a winning ticket, if you are part of the Republican Party, folks, in my estimation, it's DeSantis. Without question, it's Ron DeSantis and Tim Scott. I mean, that is, you know what that says to me? Can't lose. That's what it says to me. And you see, Trump's going to make an announcement in the next couple of days. And again, this is where egos come into play. You know, Mar-a-Lago, the raid, and everything else, I know what has fueled this. But in essence, the smart way of doing it would be Ron DeSantis and Tim Scott. I mean, that's that's can't lose stuff right there, in my estimation, you know. So. And, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going I'm to go out on a ledge right now. But uh, the Democrats could clearly see that, too. We saw results last night. They're not stupid. They knew how to engineer uh, what could have been a debacle for them, and it's not turning out to be that way. But they could pull a rabbit out of the hat, and that rabbit, in my mind, is Michelle Obama. Maybe people are laughing at this right now, but think about it for just a little bit. Uh, a possible Michelle Obama a candidacy, because I don't know who else they would have that could take on a DeSantis ticket right now. We're 24 months out, but think about it, folks. 24 months is not a long time. Who, who are they going to throw? You're going to throw? You're going to tell me Gavin Newsom is the lead guy here? I mean, come on. Are well, you going to tell me Pete? Are you going to tell me Matt Pete is going to be thrown into this thing? You know, listen, it could, it could happen. Yeah. Uh, it Thank could you. happen, but, uh, you know, that, that, listen, Michelle Obama's name has always been thrown out there. The question is, do they, do they really believe she has the intestinal fortitude to carry through? That's the biggest thing, you know? Yeah. So uh, we'll see what happens. Tom Schlero with us here. Um, the congressional side of things, Nick Lota, Andrew Gavarino, uh, Third and fourth were interesting. You know, you and I saw Gillen in the lead last night. The fourth, that's Kathleen Rice's whole deal. And lo and behold, you know, the the highly talented Anthony Desposito, 
uh, with a very good win in the fourth. And George Santos, who was trailing early uh, to Robert Zimmer. Yeah. We know what Zimmer did in the primary. A lot of people were saying he's got a lot of momentum here. Be careful. And look what happens. Santos. Now, don't forget, Santos was in the lead against Swazi during the last election. All the ballots were countered. And it was Swazi's uh, situation at hand there. So, in essence, third and fourth last night in the congressional. Yeah. And uh, I think that's part of the red wave. And I think the four Republicans that won last night that are now going to represent, along with uh, uh, with Garbarino, uh, Long Island in the House of Representatives, could thank a good vote, good vote of voter turnout for Lee Zeldin. I think there were some coattails there. I think people were feeling the Long Island nature of the top of the ticket, which was a very good feeling. Uh, you and I both saw it. Uh, yesterday morning in the bagel places where the people were talking about voting, talking about favorite son Lee Zeldin. Uh, although he was not successful statewide, I think he pulled a lot of that in. In addition to that, Kevin McCarthy's got New York State to thank because of the number of Republicans that are being elected uh, for the House of Representatives out of our 26-seat uh, congressional delegation. So um, there will be a Republican majority in the House of Representatives uh, there will be a Republican speaker, presumably uh, Kevin McCarthy, and a lot of that has to do with the work that went here in New York. So not all lost. There's going to be balanced government. Uh, you're going to see chairmanships going to Jim Jordan, judiciary. There will be changes, folks. I know people are very upset. They're, they're a little depressed that we're not getting that change, and uh, I think I think you're going to see that happen. And uh, I know I'm the eternal optimist. People who listen to my show know that. Uh, there's uh, there's a secret feeling out there that uh, possibly the Democrats will realize how wrong they were on crime, particularly in this state and across the country, and that they may start to enact legislation that's going to protect the folks and, and the most important thing to me, protect our police officers. Jay? No question. Tom Shalero with us a couple of minutes here. Listen to Tom every day. It's a great show. It really is. Uh, at uh, 12 noon. Uh, every day. Um, as far as some of the other races, state assembly uh, in New York, um, you know, still in the fourth, and there's still votes to be counted, by the way. Monica Martinez won the Rodriguez. And yeah. even though Monica Martinez is in the lead, I mean, that's close. And we said, Tom, that was a toss up right there in that fourth yeah. senatorial, you know? Uh, and that was the red wave was supposed to that was the red wave was supposed to bring that one across. But keep in mind, uh, Jay, that seat uh, essentially was a Democratic seat and uh, it was tailor made uh, for uh, for uh, Monica Martinez. So that was supposed to be a very easy win. I think that was the most uh, Democratic seat in Nassau and Suffolk County, excluding uh, the old Todd Kaminsky seat and, uh, you know, whatever happened there at this point. So that that was um uh, you know, a little bit of a surprise because Wendy Rodriguez, she was on the airways, a lot of commercials. She's been on my show a number of times. She's a she's a dynamo. Uh, so she did pretty well. But again, the seat was not made for a Republican. But other than that, uh, the rest of the sweep with uh, Republicans being reelected. And of course, uh, some of the newest seats, uh, you know, a good friend of our radio program, good friend Dean Murray is now Senator elect Dean Murray. I'm, I'm happy for him. If you ever wanted a more studious and a more dedicated public servant, it's in the form of Dean Murray. And uh, so there's a lot of happiness there. So all in all, it's uh, if you're not feeling good about it, remember, uh, we can get him again next year. I guess that's the only way we're going to say. Yeah. Well, 
that's what you try and do. You know, you know, you wake up this morning, at least I do, and Tom, we spoke about this last night. You know, I always tell people every election season, are you better now than you were a couple of years ago? Are you? I mean, honestly, look at yourself in the mirror. Um, look at your finances. Look at everything. I mean, you got to put everything in the salad ball and say to yourself, hey, am I better off now than I was two, three, four years ago? And you look at the gubernatorial race, and there are a lot of high hopes. I got to tell you. I mean, there is a lot of disappointment this morning as far as Lee Zeldin. And if ever, if ever a time, Tom Schillera, to duplicate 94, okay, this was the time as far as what's happening in our society. With the criminal activity, I listen. I didn't think Zeldin was hyperventilating all along, as Kathy Hogel accused him of. Uh, the fact is, we've got a situation out there, and it's only getting worse. Only getting worse as far as safety in the streets, you know? You look at the economics well, I, I, of it all, $220 billion budget, tax tax city here, uh, as far as New York. You look at education, which sometimes gets put under the radar. I mean, there are a lot of problems in this state right now, and I think a lot of hopes were pinned on Zolid. Go ahead. Yeah. But, again, we, we're turning it over to the choices from the people that live in Soho and Greenwich and uh, uh, the, the, those specific areas of Manhattan. And then, of course, you've got Brooklyn and Queens. I mean, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez won a huge victory because, let's face it, New York City votes Democratic. They have been traditionally probably as, as, as old as the state is, and that's really what tipped it. Now, I haven't seen the breakdown of the 62 counties, but I'll tell you this, Jay. You look at those, the breakdown of the 62 counties. It's going to be a sea of red until you get to New York City. And the people did come out realizing that, oh, my God, we can't have a Republican win. You know, I called a few people in this city, my far-left friends, uh, that are certainly registered Democratic, that would never think of voting anywhere else, that don't even vote in a general election because everything's decided by the Democratic primary. Yesterday it went down to the wire. You had to vote in November. It was part of that general election. And many of them were just saying, we can't elect a Republican, Tom. He's going to take away the abortion rights. He's going to uh, take away our... I mean, stuff that just wasn't true. It didn't have anything to do with anything. And yet... That is a belief that's, that exists in that New York City. And New York City uh, guides the public policy initiatives in this state to the chagrin of people in Nassau and Suffolk County. So many of us are looking for, uh, to today and saying, well, we've got to uh, go on. But uh, I know I'm going to get calls on my radio show today, and the folks are going to say, hey, Tom, how could we become our own state? We've got to separate from New York City. And that's what people want to talk about. And, and that can't happen, Jay. And it's, it's unfortunate. New York City guides the state. One-party rule has destroyed this country. Hopefully, you know, you get back to some sort of semblance as far as when it becomes official and the House will win as far as the GOP. And you, you've, you've got to have – see, this is where government was formed way back in time. It's about discussion. It's about negotiation. It's not about one-party rule. Look how one-party rule has, has just destroyed society. It has. It has destroyed society on the top front, the national stage, and look what it has done as far as the state stage here in New York. You know, And, th- and that's the biggest problem. 
That is the biggest problem. You see, with one-party rule, there is no negotiation of any kind, especially when it comes to bail, bail reform. I mean, Carl Hasty, does he have common sense? Honestly, does the speaker uh, in the assembly have common sense? Or Nor does, uh, ask yourself, if, if the majority leader, Andrew Stewart-Cousins. I mean, does she exude anything? I mean, really. You see, this is part of the problem that people are very concerned. I mean, if you really peel back the onion here, you know, the one-party rule has not worked. It just doesn't. And they, you know, Jay, they, they lessened these laws uh, that keep people in jail. And one of the things, and again, I'll, I'll refer to AOC again, she's got her own little group of Democratic Socialists, and they will run primaries against Democrats that are moderate, Democrats that see the common sense of public safety for the folks. And when it comes right down to it, uh, the rest of the party falls, falls right in line with that because they're afraid of the primaries and so on. And they know they could win these elections. So the, 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 the top three, Andrew Stewart Cousins, as you have mentioned, Carl Hasty, and now uh, re-elected or elected for the first time, Governor Hochul, sit down in one room and make the agenda for the rest of the state. And somebody may raise the issue, well, this whole idea of over-incarceration, Governor Hochul, we've got to let more people out of jail. And that was how this whole thing got stemmed. So the best way to do it is don't put them in when they get arrested for major crimes. It's, it's not minor. Give them no bail. And these people are walking out. These uh, career criminals are walking out of court go, with no bail saying, oh, this is great. This is my career. So they go out and reoffend. maybe that afternoon. And then she decided last September, this is when I made the decision. Kathy Hochul should never have been reelected because in spite of the UN cry against uh, bail reform, what does she do? She signs another bill that says if you are released on state parole, state prison parole, after doing 15 years for even a murder, that if you violate that parole, and in many instances, we're not going to remand you back. So now it, they, they, they won't put you in going in, and they won't uh, put you back in coming out. And she signed that a year ago in the spite of what happened in the local elections last year. So it's easy to say that their agenda is keep people out of jail, but so what that if you get mugged or pushed off a platform in a subway system and the crime is going up with six violent crimes a day, they're saying, in New York City. Well, that's no big deal because three million people uh, ride the subways, except if you're one of the six, six people. The crime rates are going up. It's, uh, it's horrific in the way they feel that way. And here's my biggest fear, that come January, they're going to enact more legislation that could let people like Colin Ferguson out. David Berkowitz can possibly get out because they're going to meet the needs uh, or the, the, uh, the qualifications of a new bill that's going to come in. So what are we going to do? In January, we're going to talk to newly reelected Doug Smith, who's going to raise the, the issue that this cannot be. But he would be outvoted now what's going to happen. Uh, Senator-elect Dean Murray, I know, will be speaking out against it. There'll be articulate voices for the people against this legislation. But they're going to be outvoted by, by the uh, members of Assembly and Senate, the far left in New York City, that think this is damn good when it's horrible, Jay. Here's the deal, and you heard you heard the incumbent a couple of weeks ago. If you're not on my side, go to Florida. Ron DeSantis yes. is awaiting you with open arms. Well, guess what? Guess what, Madam Governor? Guess what? You will have a mass exodus of your state. 
because that's what's going to happen right now. I mean, think about this with the bail stuff, and I've said this all along. There's three things that are non-negotiable, and that is the judge's discretion, full power, non-negotiable, to consider public safety, Tom. Also, we talk about disclosure and discovery. Those are three things, reversing the presumption on rapid disclosure and slashing the rest of the new discovery, at least to a level that the labs and the prosecutors can manage in a timely manner. Those are three things on the table. And that's the problem. Listen, when you can't use the the word dangerousness, if you're not allowing a judge to use that word, what do you have? You have nothing. You have nothing. And time after time after time, how many of these guys get back on the street only commit the same act again? And that's why you listen to a Stuart Cousins and say, eh, come on, it's the press hyping it up. Come on, and that's what that's what Hochul thinks. I mean, that's why Alvin Bragg does what he does. And Alvin Bragg will now still be the DA. He'll still. I guess he's not going to get the pink slip, is he? No, well, I guess he's not. I mean, it's going to go further. She even accused Lee Zeldin of trying to reverse an election by taking uh, by by making that statement that he was on first day in office. He was going to remove Alvin Bragg. She mocked that statement as he is one of those people that want to deny elections. When, in fact, uh, she called him a climate denier and she called him an election denier and, and the big lie and all of this. But in reality, she's a crime denier. She's saying it's not happening. What is happening out there? The victimization rate is going up. See, it, this is not about raising taxes or lowering taxes, and we could argue that. This is about people getting hurt, people getting killed, people getting raped, people getting pushed off. Uh, platforms. This is really happening, and it's happening because of laws that are allowing these people out there. Am I am I spending too much time on our discussion on crime? Of course I am. That was the number one issue that was facing this state uh, in the elections that were taking place, and many people did get elected yesterday in the state senate and state assembly that made made this their issue. So it's not lost on the great people of of New York State. But unfortunately, what you said earlier is that these people are going to be leaving. The folks in New York are going to be leaving. They're going to leave a tax base that is a lot smaller, but a budget that's inflated. We're up to $218 billion, and it's going up, and it rose considerably since the, the, the early days of the pandemic. Where is this money going to come from? Again, people are coming into Florida. They don't have an income tax. They have the lowest property taxes in the southern tier. It is absolutely amazing, Jay. And uh, there was an opportunity to change it, and unfortunately that opportunity was lost. Here's the difference between Kathy Ogle and Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis wants you to live a somewhat normal life based on how you want to live, not upon how government perceives it. That's the difference between Hochul and DeSantis. And I say that objectively, folks, as best as I could say it. There's no swaying. There's nothing here. Okay? It is what it is. It's too much control. That's what New York is all about. And it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I hate to have the viewpoint in that regard. I hate to be pessimistic. But, man, I'll tell you, it's tough times. It really is. Tom, every day, you listen to Tom 12 to 2. It's a great show. 
really is. My friend, Thank good you. working with you last night. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm glad Suffolk County finally straightened out and started to publish their results. So uh, it, uh, it was a lot of fun, Jay. Great working with you. Thank you, my friend.